I am. Yeah, this is like my music room. Okay, awesome. It's just the most tidy room in the house, so here's what I'm referring to. <laughs> uh, nice. Oh, Alyssa, I was going to tell you, this was a very funny thing that happened at, in, a, in, in Atlanta. Like, so when I got there and, like, checked into this Airbnb, like, the room, this the, the it was like the building was all condos that were all Airbnbs. Okay. And, like, that's what the building was built for. And the, the concierge at the desk was, like, had the whole, like, Airbnb system on their computer and stuff. That's weird and, like, that that place was an, in. That's weird yeah. that it was an Airbnb building because that room looked like somebody's house. Like, it yeah, looked it like did, somebody nobody, was living there. Nobody lives there, though. It's it's just it's for that. It's insane. It's weird. And there was a grand piano in there. Anyway. Um, and you didn't play like, the grand piano? I did. It was wildly out of tune. Um, <gasps> Ellie! Oh, hello, Ellie. She is... Uh, as always, one of our favorite guests. Yeah, mascot. Um, where's your cat? Um, he's outside. Oh, wow. <laughs> he got mad at me and he wanted to go outside. Lame. Um, no, like we got, I got, I got there and on, I guess Friday night, and uh, when before like Grace was flying in and was gonna like just take an Uber there, and I I got in there and the guy at the desk. Um, He's like this young guy and he said he was from Sierra Leone. Like he saw like a thick accent and everything. I think mm-hmm. he came over recently, but like I told him my last name was Gandhi and he like freaked out. He's like, oh, we love Gandhi so much. <laughs> oh my God. Like he's like telling me all this stuff. He's like all these things about like all these like Bollywood movies and stuff that I've never heard of. And mm-hmm. I just like, this is one of those things where I just kind of have to like nod and be like, mm, yeah, like we do a lot of cool stuff over there, I guess. Yeah, glad <laughs> like, to hear you're excited, but like... Um, <laughs> Yeah, what and then he was like, "Oh, you are you are a guest of honor here." It's like, no, nah, it's I didn't do any, I didn't do those things. That was a different guy, guest of honor. Um, but then like we like had like a mix up because like most of the rooms in that building have like a code, like a four digit code to get in, and I wasn't given one. And I told the guy that, and he said like, "No, you have to have one." And um, so I like because in my uh, thing it just said to go upstairs. Uh, on the airbnb and so like i called the guy and like after a few minutes he answered and he's like oh can you can you him can you have the phone to the concierge there i was like sure and like this guy was like this is like the most condescending thing i'd ever he's like hey buddy we talked about this you remember my room's different do you remember that remember that conversation we had last week i don't have a keypad on my door and you're you're making my guests sit outside here for half an hour (laughs) um i was like oh boy um and he was like really embarrassed and he like showed me upstairs and everything. And so on my, th- I got like a message that said like, okay, go to the end of the hall. The door on the right is the room, but continue past it till you see the box where the fire extinguisher is. And if you like, jo- if you like, there's no keyhole, there's no like lock in the keyhole. And right. if you use it and you like push it upwards and jostle it, the fire escape, the fire, fire extinguisher case will open. And then underneath the fire extinguisher is the key to the room. <laughs> And it was what there. a puzzle! Like what a what a weird like thing they have to do just to get into your room, and every right. room had a keypad. Exactly. I don't know what's going on, but anyway, I, d- I did that, and I, I got in fine and stuff. But then, Fishless. like, <laughs> when the funniest thing was when um, uh, Grace got there uh, uh, late, like like twenty minutes later, like I went down to see her, and this guy like rushed to open the door, and he's like, "Oh, hello, Miss Grace. You're so happy to have you here." She's like, "How do they know who I am?" I was like, "Oh, they're not gonna they're not gonna forget us. Don't you worry." Oh my gosh. 
Good lord. God, what a what a fucking wild west situation. What? That's okay. just so odd. Like I, I can't believe know. people are literally renting out whole buildings for Airbnb at this point. Yeah. Like an apartment building is what it sounds like. Yeah, as as like a person who is actually doing that thing in Savannah, like I'm, you know, I'm an urban planner, but like we actually have a number of permits that you can do for Airbnbs, like so there can only exist X number of them legally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in in the city, but. Which, I mean, um, it's good because there should be housing downtown. Yeah, but there's not because people are opening them up, like, without permits anyway. And, like, um, no one's really doing anything about that's it. That's fucked up. Yeah. And, Especially I mean, people like, who work downtown. That means no affordable housing for anyone who lives down there. Yeah. Like me. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Good God. Do your urban um, planning better, Nirav. <laughs> every time anything is wrong with the city, it's just, like, it's my fault. Yeah, um, it's, it, I'm directing all of the problems at you. That's fair. Um, okay, let me roll up and get this outline going. But anyway, welcome back, everybody. As you can hear, I'm vibrant and full of energy again. Um, I have I slept for 19 hours last night. That's not true. It's impressive. But that would have been impressive. Um, but yeah, um, so we are um, back, back in business. Um, so uh, yeah, this is the Game Busters podcast. Um, I'm going to try and do things a little more collaboratively now um i think i i have been like sort of not asking people to do any any research before being guests because i didn't want to like bother them but i think more pe- i think people probably want to do that more often than not so like why not um so yeah mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll give that a go um and not just have me like talking at people for a long time that'd be good so yeah um each week we are uh, we dive into a, a different game or a franchise that we want to talk about and um sometimes we're riding the seo wave i don't think we are anymore i think today is a passion project Yeah, at least not for this episode <laughs> uh so i am near and i'm your host as always and i'm joined by my are you still you still want to be amazonian or you want to like i'm happy with amazonian co-host for now okay Eventually Let me we'll change changes. yeah i'm joined as always by my amazonian co-host Alyssa. uh ian i know you can't tell from the camera Alyssa's nine feet tall um, i believe it i certainly I can totally tell an actual yeah. amazon it's All like right, a so, first perspective thing. Yeah. Uh, today we are joined by uh, Ian. Hello. And Alexis. Heyo. Welcome. All right. So uh, let's just ease into it. What is everyone uh, playing right now? So uh, Ian, why don't you kick us off? What you what you been playing recently? Well, I'll tell you. Um, I've been playing Arma. But I also just started um, Ready or Not. Uh, a couple of friends of mine were playing it. It's like a... Um, I feel like, like I a, heard of this. Is this a Steam like a, game? It is on Steam. It's like a SWAT game. Um, like you like go through houses and like try to arrest people and mm-hmm. you know, like seize drugs and evidence and that kind of thing and you know, try not to get shot or die. It's um, a spiritual successor to SWAT four. Yeah. Yeah, it's very similar. Okay. Nice. I guess that's you said that's like a multiplayer thing? It is, yeah, co op. Nice. Okay. It sounds kinda like Rainbow Six a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of in the same vein. Okay. Cool. Not like Siege, but the other one was it. Yeah, yeah. All right, nice. Um, Alexis, what you been playing? Most recently, I played a bit of a game called High Fleet, which was pretty cool. It's uh, kind of this fleet manager epilepsy simulator. What? <laughs> um, if you ever go look up uh, videos of fights uh, in High Fleet, um, the solo developer put a lot of uh, attention into the effects of the actual fleet battles. Mm. So lots of flashing lights. um, And it's, it's fairly immersive too. Um, But that one's been pretty fun. It's kind of like a a post-apocalyptic diesel punk 
survival fleet manager with big airships. Okay, is it like kind of like an RTS? Um, or is it more in, like a management sort of thing? In one sense, it's sort of RTS. In another sense, it's not because when you actually go into a fleet battle, it's kind of lame too because you only control one ship at a time. Okay. Versus however many the enemy has. Mm. But uh, it, it's pretty cool. It's worth looking into. Okay, nice. Um, Alyssa, have you found any new video games? I mean, outside of like the games that I typically play, I played Pummel Party the other day, which is just like store brand Mario Party. Okay. Uh, it was pretty fun. Good God, to, like my friends get so toxic in that game now. <laughs> yeah. Is, it, is there like Party also games, a lot so. of like like rng bullshit about like yeah, who wins the stuff absolutely. yeah but okay but to be fair like basically if you win the most mini games you win the game like that mm-hmm. that's kind of like how it's weighted so if you win more mini games than anyone else you win right. regardless of anything else huh. which is kind of stupid because yeah. one of us is like really super good at the mini games i think mario party is, is about it <laughs> i think mario party is honestly more fun because of the rng bullshit because it's like no matter how well you do during the game like a bunch of extra stars are going to appear at the end and just completely change everything. So yeah. it's like, it, it, there's just no way to win. There's no strategy. Um, that's cool. I've never heard of that, though. It's fun. It's pretty Is fun. it free? Um, I think it was like five bucks. Okay. I don't think it was too expensive. Nice. Um, let me see here. What have I been um, doing? I have actually been, the last few days, been doing a second run through of... My favorite city builder game, which is called Airborne Kingdom, highly recommend you check it out if you're into that kind of thing. I think it's it's on every platform now. Um, I reviewed it back in the day before it came out like years ago, and I just wanted to do a second run through it. It is so chill and relaxing. You just have a flying city in the sky, and you build it, and your people are happy, and you go explore. Um, it's very cute. Um, Sounds relaxing. Is it's very relaxing, and it's like le- it's like way less stressful than most other city builders, I think. Um, but um, and then the other thing is that I have been. Um, oh, you know what? I played a, I played this fan game. I'm sorry. Can I can I like post this in here for a second? Like I played this Sonic fan game yesterday that somebody oh. was sending around because they were like, oh, like, you know, I, you know, like Sonic Frontiers, like, you know, everyone saw yesterday and it was like not the most impressive thing anyone's ever seen. Um, but hold on. Here we go. This, this thing is called Sonic Omens, um, and it's uh, let me post it in here. Just just watch watch this real quickly. I I need you to like see this and like I played this yesterday. Um, wait, that's not a video. Um, but um, this is fan made. Yeah, this is a fan game. Hold on. Um, is this, this is, just like a cinematic, like the video that I'm? I guess the video. Oh, is I'm it okay? Is yeah, this, this, I think this this is like a. Yeah, you can skip around in this and see, but like there's there's like a whole um, portion of a game in here at least. But it's um, I played it yesterday, and it is um, it is it made me cry. I was like so upset. <laughs> made you <laughs> cry? Like, like it was a like, so yeah, it was good. good. No, it was. It was so good. That's the problem. Is like they like it's just like. I don't know why Sega like keeps refusing to like let people make good games. Yeah, because I mean this looks insanely good. It's really, really good. I mean, there's some like tweaks that need to be done to it, but like if they had Sega money like behind this project. Who like, made this? It was just a guy. Not even a student, not even like an indie studio or anything. No, this it was is... just like it's just one guy uh doing an Unreal Engine project, <laughs> basically. This looks so good. I'm really curious. It's... Who did the music? Oh yeah, the music is fucking great. I, I actually don't know. I- I'm sure it's in the credits in there somewhere. 
Um, but um, anyway, it's extremely good. Um, it's called Sonic Omens. I would check it out if you're a Sonic fan, so you can also be sad that you'll never have anything this good. Um, so yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that's what I've been up to. So let's 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 get into it. So uh, as customary, um, this one's going to be a little bit difficult. Um, you know, uh, we're going to be getting into our pitch meeting now. So uh, the purpose of this is for you two. This is actually better because I, I genuinely have very little idea what Arma is. Um, and so um, I guess, I guess Alyssa, you and I can be on the publisher team here. And yes, then uh, um, Ian and Alexis, uh, you two are going to be coming in to pitch us on the idea of Arma. Uh, you guys are the developers, Bohemia Interactive. And you're coming in to meet with us, the Italian publishing company, 505 Games. So uh, we're going to be doing a lot of this probably. <laughs> And when he says this, he means the Italian the hand, hand thing. thing. Yeah, this isn't. Yeah, this is a spicy video game. Um, I'll, I'll skip the Greek accent. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Please, so, yeah. Let's uh, let's get into it. So, please come on in. Have you ever wanted to waste hours of your life hiking across a virtual landscape just to get shot? Mamma mia! <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the, that sounds. That doesn't sound fun, actually. Could, is I mean, it just sounds like a loot simulator or whatever, like Apex is for me sometimes, where I just run around until I die to the first team I meet. Oh, yeah, it, the year is 2002, so let's all ah, get ourselves... So Apex in, is not... Apex Legends yet. has not happened yet. Not yet. Um, future only. Okay, just... And again, let, let me... Sorry, let me pull up just to get ourselves in the mindset, like the movies that came out in the year 2002, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Star Wars Attack of the Clones... Um, Star Trek Nemesis? What what the fuck? Oh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uh Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Okay. The live action Scooby Doo movie. Ice Age. Okay. Ice Age. That's, that's I was a I was simulator too. I was five years old when those movies came out and that baffles me. I hate that. Okay. <laughs> um Men in Black 2 uh also came out then. Um nice. Alright. So everyone kind of get yourselves in that in that zone. You just came out of seeing Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. Um, okay, and we're back. So you said that I walk a long way and then I get shot. <laughs> um, it, it's mostly a joke, but um, when uh, I used to play Arma with uh, larger groups, it would every so often involve basically taking a long hike to try to get into position to do something. Um, and sometimes it would go great and sometimes you just end up getting shot and, uh, it's just one of the, believe it or not, it's actually one of the, the nicer things about the game. Um, I don't forget we're in our, we're in our pitch meeting. These two. Yeah. I was was about to say, like, how have you, how have you, how have you been playing? You're talking about sort of a tech demo you got together here? Tech demo for sure. Oh, okay. Okay. So tell me, tell me about this game. Like, what what is going to be fun about it? So, I don't understand. So what we're thinking, um, a game called Arma Armed Assault is what we're going to call it over here uh, in, in Europe where we first release it. Where we and, are, uh, yes. Yeah, where we are currently. <laughs> and um, it's kind of like, you know, there's I've heard of some other games kind of in the works, like Call of Duty and stuff, which are like very small maps, very fast-paced action. What if you, like, went the polar opposite of that? Mm-hmm. And you and your friends could do games where you're cooperatively playing together okay and you've got like entire like campaign spanning missions like your maps are literally um kilometers and kilometers across where like you can't just walk to where you're going you have to use trucks and jeeps and helicopters 
and it's this like huge sandbox kind of game oh. where um you've got somebody who's playing kind of like a, a game master kind of role where they're actually crafting missions and making npcs and setting objectives and you and your friends have to kind of go through them it's very immersive and sometimes it's very calming because you'll go like an hour without a fight and then sometimes it's very hectic because suddenly like after all this calm like oh there's gunshots everywhere contact contact so is gotta... this like an mmo it is not it's like it's a first person shooter but it's um it's more of a simulator like this is uh, a mil sim kind of game okay mm-hmm. Okay. It sounds like it's taking a lot of resources to, to yeah. create this game. We're gonna need to crank out some internet for this one. <laughs> yes, I'll get the dial-up folks right on it. Yeah, I uh, think the uh, the more ac- most accurate term I've heard used for it is a combined arms simulator. Um, because it's not just you know a that's a term game. that you've made up for it just now. Yes, because yes, you're so telling us we're about pitching. It. Is it a game like where you can like role play in it? Like it's it's kind of you sounding like it's like you can role play in that game. I pretend to could. be a military boy. Let you, me pretend to be can and should for three hours pretend to be a military boy. I would like to pretend yeah. to commit war crimes. Yeah, I just remember now, that. You know, what? let's make that our slogan: pretend to yeah. commit war crimes. <laughs> I just remember that Alyssa is customarily like an item sitting on the t- on the conference table. So I would like for Alyssa to be a small tank with sort of a human face. Perhaps no, a, I'm. I'm. <laughs> I usually a become an icon. Like with Valor, I was an aunt of Valor. Uh, okay. <laughs> so what would I be for this one? Literally just a tank. Arm. Just an arm. arm. Can I, can arm just full, an arm. Wait, no, can I be a full size tank just sitting in the conference room? That okay. seems like something. Uh, we're gonna need to move to actually. conference room B for that. But yeah, sure. <laughs> um, this. Uh, okay, so. Is and this is a this is a, a PC game and this is a, is this only cooperative or is there a single player part of it or is it is it all multiplayer? Yeah, so actually we've got um, some really good AI folks right now who are working on um, what mm-hmm. you could do single player or cooperative or PvP if you're into that kind of thing. Like, okay, friendly fire is always on. Like that, you can't even turn that off. So, oh, you know, are people gonna like that? They're gonna love it. If okay, that's the kind of thing you're into. People love shooting their friends. Yeah, people grief do. your teammates. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, okay, and uh, you, you guys uh, can sort of crank this out in a, uh, about a year and a half. Yeah, um, maybe. maybe. <laughs> well, we're on a schedule here. Um, we've got lots of pasta to make, so and meatballs to eat. Meatballs to eat. <laughs> Mamma mia. Um, I don't know a lot about. I don't know a lot about Italians. In Italians Italy. are not very good at war, so we they're not need... very good at war. That's one. We're gonna not need some anymore. correspondence to. Uh... They did. They did used to be the best at war a long time ago. How? Well, yeah, like very in long Rome, time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're. You know what? You you got it. Um, and this sounds like it's going to be kind of a low cost, uh, sort of sort of a thing. It's just going to be a. Uh, you're going to be able to use your your uh, real virtuality engine for this, right? That you've yes, already got. The, yeah, the one yeah. that we used on uh, that last game there. Yeah, the one that we yeah, can't say on. the name of because we don't have the legal rights to it. Right, that one. Sorry. Yeah, that one. So, um, yeah, if you uh, want to just kind of crank that out and then maybe eventually it will turn into PUBG <laughs> in 20 years. Yes, in 20 years we'll have Daisy out of it. <laughs> yeah, okay, sounds good. All right, so let's let's climb back out into the future. Zoop. 
it's too, it's 2022 again. It's wow, terrible. It's futuristic. Absolutely terrible here. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get into this. So Bohemia Interactive is a Czech uh, gaming studio that created Arma Armed Assault, which was what it was called in Europe, as we said, and then released it in the U.S. as Arma Combat Operations. Um, so uh, this is a sort of a wild uh, chain here. Get ready. So Arma, the original Arma, was a spiritual successor to a game called Operation Flashpoint Cold War Crisis from 2001 that was made by Bohemia Interactive for the publisher Codemasters. That game was a spiritual sequel to a game that they also made in 1996 called Gravon Real Virtuality. Fast forward in the future, we'll get to this, of course. Arma has a spiritual successor that eventually that started as a mod and spun off into its own game called DayZ. DayZ then had a mod in it that spun off into its own game that turned into Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Um, so, so basically. Arma is very interesting to me because it's sort of been it's like the it's like a long chain of of successors basically that have kind of directly spawned games out of each other. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. But so this is also pretty cool um, and hilarious. So Codemasters published this this game that they made before called Operation Flashpoint. They continued to hold the rights to the name, but the actual content of the game, like the video game itself that they made, belonged to Bohemia Interactive, just not the name. Which is sounds insane. I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but anyway, because of that, Bohemia Interactive re-released their own game in 2011 as Arma Cold War Assault. Um, so they released a remake of the game that they had already made, basically uh, without the same name. But Codemasters published a follow-up game to that that they made in-house called Operation Flashpoint Dragon Rising, which sounds like um, was there a dragon in that? Do either of you know? I believe it was set in like China. So it was like an East Sounds like it might be racist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then Codemasters was eventually acquired by EA in 2020. Um, and I guess that's they're just hanging out there with... Um, what is EA doing these days? FIFA? Nothing good. <laughs> Nothing good, probably. Um, all right. So I didn't find a lot of info on the development of this first game, Um but um, it did use that, as we said, the in-house made real virtuality engine and uh, received mostly favorable reviews, sold 400k units, did okay for a PC game at that time. No problem. However, you know, then we get to Arma 2. So tell me tell me about Arma and then tell me about Arma 2 and why, what was different about them. Um, honestly, I never really played much of the original. I played like some Cold mm-hmm. War Assault, but that was after I kind of found Arma. Um, Arma 2 came out in 2009 when I was uh, I was still a young teenager and, and never really got into it until later. But it's I know what really kind of um, broke the game to a wider audience because you started getting all these like little communities that would all play together and make missions and stories together. So, and, um, yes, oh, sorry. Uh, I played a little bit of um, the first one and it was pretty good for its time. Um, and... It, it's kind of crazy, but the feel between uh, the very first Arma and where we're at with Reforger has remained very similar. Um, I mean, I will say that the uh, first Arma there was a bit more limited. It didn't have as much content. Um, but it was still a very, very beautiful game. It still had the same editor components that made it special. And it still had a single player campaign that uh, 
you know, it was fairly interesting to follow through. And very yeah. difficult. I never really got past the first couple of missions. Yeah, uh, they definitely okay. ramped, ramped that, that difficulty up at, at first. Yeah, so like we said with Armed 2, which was in 2009, so a few years later, um, that one um, kind of like broke out a little bit more. Um, people started to kind of know the name. Um, I think when people talk about, like they used to play Arma, like I generally assume they're talking about Arma 2. Um, but I don't know. The um, So... <sighs> Do, the the name Arma apparently has some like weirdness about it because it's like people like will say that it's like a an acronym for something or it's just short for like armed assault. Um, do you do you know the truth? I've always heard armed assault, but I'm pretty sure that that's uh, what do you call it a backronym or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh That could be it. Um, but yeah. So anyway, um. They want, like we said, um, I think Alyssa mentioned earlier, there is sort of a role playing element to this game. It's not just a straight up first person shooter like you would find maybe in Call of Duty. Um, there is something where you are supposed to have characters and there are in game events that affect the characters that you are playing as, as well as the world around you. Um, like, is there an over? Was there an overarching narrative, or was it just based on like the different, I guess, like servers that people use to like create their own stories, or were there two two separate things? It'd be kind of both because Arma Two did have a campaign where you played as several different characters, mm-hmm. um, and Cold War did too. But then you could also like they Behemoth Interactive was really great about releasing um, editing and modding programs where people yeah. could go in and script their own stories and events, and you could add like voiceovers and everything. And like mm-hmm. they had like a, a Texas speech who would like read it out. His name was like Crossroads. Like all elements. This is Crossroads. New mission. Yada yada yada. Okay. So That's like every story that you guys would have made was like some sort of like mission to yes in or this several world. successive missions. Okay, that's really interesting. I really like role playing. So that that part of the game probably would have gotten yeah. my interest <laughs> the most. It does sound kind of cool. Yeah, I think the um. So what I saw was that there was um also like um kind of choice-based narrative stuff happening too where you would like depending on what you did and what you said certain npcs would like react differently to you and like have different uh you know dialogue and like um actions and stuff like that um i i think that may have been a thing in arma 2 i know that there's definitely um, game modes like that now where you can like have good or bad relations with like towns and like Mm -hmm. civilians and that'll affect like if they give you intel or if they give the enemy intel well and just to extrapolate on this a little bit too, these communities that we've kind of alluded to um, who build their own campaigns, um, every so often whoever the game master is might hop in and have effectively a person-to-person uh, dialogue in a mission. And while it's not something that's supported by a built-in game feature, it's something supported by whoever this game master you know, wants to throw into it by just injecting themselves into the game. Just like okay. voicing an NPC in like a tabletop. Okay. Oh, cool. Oh, I kind of like that. Yeah. Could um, I make a dating sim in Arma too? <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> I'm sure somebody has, right? It'd be kind of kind of odd. Military dating sim. Most of the clothing are like military fatigues. So it'd be like military boyfriend simulator or something, which is good. usually not good. Like stay away from that. Stay away from that? <laughs> <laughs> for military boyfriend simulator? That's just Overwatch for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so um, from what I've seen, like the the uh, events in the game were like all pretty dynamic. Like your your campaign was supposed to kind of have your own have its own feel to it. Like like a bunch of people weren't playing through the exact same sort of linear story. Right. Um, and like I don't know. Do you do you guys feel like I guess you put some time into Arma? Do you feel like it it usually does it doesn't like play out the same way twice? Is that is that true? You first. <laughs> so um, I, I will say the the campaigns are actually probably the smallest portion of the game. Um, okay. So with Arma 2, uh, there is a point in which you get control and you can kind of execute on missions however you want. And based on the nature of that, yeah, more or less no two missions are going to be the same. Okay, um, I see. So... Are, the, are these like two discrete modes? Like there's a multiplayer mode and a campaign mode or something? So, I mean, I can give you a rundown real quick on usually yeah, sure, how multiplayer please. works. So in this, in all the army games, there's a thing called the editor. That's where you can create these scenarios and missions. And that took place through the first Arma to Arma 2. Arma 3 has that, but they expanded on it with a game mode called Zeus. And what Zeus is, is basically a player takes control of a godlike entity who can place units, give them orders, and provide players assets, and really shape the flow of whatever mission they have in their head. That game mode is where I'm pretty sure like 95% of most gameplay happens, at least when it comes to like the organized unit structure outside of like King of the Hill and... Um, wasteland and like Altus life. Um, And so it is effectively military dungeons and dragons. Huh. That's interesting. I I guess I I didn't realize that. Okay. I didn't either. I think that's awesome. I don't know how I never heard this game before. (laughs) I've I've literally just like never heard anyone like talk about it other than that it exists. I don't think I actually heard about it outside of the context of eventually (laughs) creating PUBG out of it, to be honest. Yeah, so it's like um, with Zeus, it's like um, the enemy is like playing an RTS where it's one person controlling all the enemy forces, and then your whole team is playing a first-person shooter. Oh, that's That's actually cool. cool. (laughs) So it's like an asymmetrical thing, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Is there like a a character creator too? Not really. Um, I mean, there's there's like an arsenal you can go to and like customize like, like your uniform and your weapons and like all your gear and stuff. But mm-hmm. pretty much you just look like you can choose like one of eight faces and everyone has the same body. Oh, interesting. Are they all are they all like male player characters? Unless there you are put some, mods. Yeah. Yeah, there's some mods that give like a a female head, but it's mostly yeah, all male player characters. Um, yeah, I'm less interested. <laughs> yeah. I I actually am too. Um anyway, but even in the newer ones, like Um so three is the most recent full released one. There is a new one that just came out last month called reforger, which is a tech demo before four comes out. So long story short, we don't know what's coming. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, three came out um, over a decade ago now. So, right. Um, That was really, that was recent, right? That they announced that it's like a few weeks ago. Yeah. They announced it the same day they dropped it. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Shadow drop, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay. So um, anyway, the um, let's I guess let's talk about the mods then because that is a huge part of this. So like there is like an extensive modding scene for Arma Two, especially. Um, they uh, the developers Bohemia Interactive released like a kit basically like a suite of tools to help make uh, mods and stuff like that. And the real virtuality engine, of course, was like um, built with the idea of having a, a scripting language that could be easily modified to uh, control AI, you know, change character behaviors, create triggers, etc. And uh, even add like post-processing and stuff when, you know, the available hardware was there. So like, is there any like, um, I also saw that there's been like a ton of DLC basically for Arma, like they, they've they released like 15 different like, you know, DLC packs basically for even one game. Um, do you, do, have you found that the, the expansions from Bohemia Interactive or are like usually like the the more I, I guess the better stuff or or the like fan made mods kind of the more fun stuff. The fan made mods are by far what people go for. Um, okay. So to talk a little bit about Arma 3's development um, mm-hmm. and with the DLC you mentioned, um, if I recall correctly, and uh, Ian, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong with any of this, but uh, the developers wanted to keep the development of Arma 3 going for its life cycle, right? Which has so far been a decade. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they created, I believe effectively, the equivalent of three or four seasons of DLC with about three or four DLC per like season there effectively. Okay. And I actually really appreciate the way they handled it. Um, With every new content drop there, if you bought the DLC, you got whatever content was there, but the features were always free. For example, um, the ability to shoot from a moving vehicle. Um, Arma, up until the, I want to say it was like the helicopters DLC, was always, you get into a vehicle, you're kind of locked in there. If it had a turret, great. If not, you were just kind of locked there and you couldn't do anything. Um, Once DLC came out, the entire engine got updated to allow anyone to shoot from a vehicle that was eligible. But because it was the helicopters DLC, if you paid for it, you got access to these new aircraft. Hmm. Right. And so that's how they handled it through the entire development cycle. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I think oh. the, the, the DLCs they released for three, which three has really taken over two in the last eight years for everything. Very few people yeah. still play two. Fair enough. But with every season, they kind of had like one big DLC and then several smaller ones. Like they had the Jets DLC, the helicopters, they had one with like go karts. Um, they did some cool ones like Apex, where it added a Pacific map. Mm-hmm. Um, where the base one was like that Greek island. Um, and then they also added one that I thought was really cool called Laws of War, which was really like a um, a break from the war crimes to show why war crimes are bad. Um, <laughs> okay. So um, half of the revenue from the game uh, DLC went to the Red Cross. And the whole mod added like humanitarian stuff. It added like yeah. mines and the ability to like um, have UXOs, like unexplosive um, ordnance. Or un- unexploded explosive ordnance. And uh, you would do a lot of work where you're like, landmines are bad and we should probably stop using them. And cluster cluster bombs are, are a problem. So like the whole campaign was you're like a humanitarian worker after a war zone, hmm. which I thought was pretty neat. Oh, that's kind of cool. I Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about that. Um, uh, so just to kind of finish up with, uh, I guess, Arma 2 before we kind of move on chronologically. Yeah. Um, 
talk about how uh, how Daisy got invented. So in April 2012, a modder named Dean Hall released a, a mod called Daisy, which was an open world uh, survival horror mod for Arma 2. Um, and it received a huge amount of critical acclaim. It was uh, a bunch of places, even such as uh, Kotaku, Eurogamer, um, PC Gamer, called it the best game of the year. And it was just like a mod, uh, which is crazy. It was apparently very impressive. Um, so before we get into it, did either of you play the mod version of that game? Yeah. Yes. Um, it was definitely not as fleshed out as it is now um, mm-hmm. when I played it, at least in Arma 2. And it was very restricted by the engine it was on. Um, Arma 2 coming out in 2007, 2009. Sorry, Nine, I actually don't remember. I think, yeah. 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 Um, you know, it still had its its technical hurdles to get over. Um, and But regardless, it was still um, a, a unique take on the, the genre. Um, mm-hmm. And on top of that, it was effectively a pvp game with zombies as a backdrop (laughs) sure um yeah this mod was actually so successful that this game that had been out for three years became the top seller pc game for seven weeks that is so cool it is it is i love that a mod was able to bring it back into popularity for yeah i think that's awesome um and then um as uh, as and I'm glad, of course, that they did. And this happens sometimes, not uh, not often enough. But Bohemia Interactive saw the potential here and hired Dean Hall to direct a game for them, Daisy, um, to build his own uh, survival horror game out of this concept. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I want to talk about this thing that I saw here, which was um, insane about this this sort of international incident here with the the Greek media. Um, so the Greek media reported on September 10th, 2012, that two Czechs were arrested on the Greek island of Lemnos and charged with espionage. According to Greek media reports, the two men claimed to be working for Bohemia Interactive in an official capacity, recording videos and taking photographs for the development of Arma 3. Under Greek law, taking photographs of military installations and like is prohibited for reasons of national security. Prior to this incident, the issue of the game caused potential threats to the Greek national security, and it was discussed in Greek Parliament. So these two were officially, uh, or sorry, were initially identified as David Zapletal and Pavel Gugdova, which I've said wrong, so excuse me. Um, but uh, eventually it was confirmed they had different identities later, but the uh, it was confirmed that they did work for Bohemia Interactive, but the company later stated that they were on the island with the sole purpose of experiencing the island's beautiful surroundings. Mm-hmm. So uh, Butchda and Peslar refuted on the charges of espionage and maintained that they just went on holiday to enjoy the beauty of the island, noting that the layout of the virtual island in the development studio was practically done prior to their arrival and that any video or photographic recordings were intended for memorabilia purposes and would have no use in the game's development. So after being held in custody in a Greek jail for 128 days, they finally released these developers from jail in 2013. Good lord. Yeah, so while what these two... Have, what could they have gained from being on that island? It's like, it, it was a military installation, right? This island. Yeah, they were They were wanting... Yeah, so that, I mean, that's the thing. They were wanting to model a mm-hmm. um, some section of their map off of this actual military installation and so came to do location scouting, which is... A thing that people do a lot, people don't yeah. always go to foreign countries to military installations to do it. 
Um, <laughs> I was just so odd to me. I didn't realize the Greek military was that serious. Yeah. So while these two were in prison, Bohemia Interactive shut down access to one of the threads on their official forum, which was titled Greek Military. <laughs> so Bohemia Interactive since made several statements regarding that situation. And uh, as a result of that incident, they announced that the name of the main island, Lemnos, in their game would change to Altus. The Greek island of Lemnos was chosen as inspiration after Bohemia Interactive CEO Mark Spano visited the place on an actual vacation. <laughs> um, so they had to twist around a lot of the elements to make it a fictitious version of the island. And so, yeah, it's it's kind of an insane uh, thing there. But I thought that was really weird and hilarious. Yeah, that's fun. Also, like, don't get trapped in a Greek jail for 128 days. Yeah, yeah that's insane. Well, they actually Bohemia paid um, them out. <laughs> <laughs> that island of Limnos actually is the main map for Arma. It's um, they they modeled the entire island pretty much city by city. Um, it's two hundred and seventy square kilometer map. Jeez, it's man, like the base map of the game. I don't know how many how many uh, GTA threes you can fit on that, but it's a lot. Yeah. Oh God. Um. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about like, kind of the the legacy of this. So Arma three, you said, has kind of been um still is still alive and still running after all this time. So like. Um, has what's what's kind of kept everyone uh, playing? Has it been like the mods? Has it been support from Bohemia? Like little though, the community for sure. The community. Mm-hmm. So most of my time playing Arma, and I'm pretty sure most of Ian's time playing Arma is in these small communities that we refer to as units, and we effectively LARP as an actual military, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And it sounds a lot lamer than it actually is. <laughs> I mean, it's not just a real military, you know, because because the mod community is so huge. Um, it can be make it be a real life military. It could be in your yeah. future. It could be Cold War, Vietnam, World War Two, or even like SCP um, units or like Warhammer, Starship Troopers, Fallout, Halo, Star Wars. Um, yeah. There are like fully realized mod packs for all of these and more. Oh, um, that's cool. So if you like ever wanted to know what would happen if you had 60 players Enacting a battle between super mutants, clone troopers, and xenomorphs, then mm-hmm. Arma is the game for you. Because, like, looking at the document that Europe has for the information about this, they had life servers where people use the infrastructure of the game to simulate a kind of Sims-like game. I think that's really cool. Because, I mean, it just reminds me of, G- like, modded GTA. Because I've done that before, like, with, like, you know, yeah, those sorts similar. of communities. But mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, I like that. Um, and so I see here that, like, the... Uh, Player count on Steam has remained pretty high. You said like fifteen to twenty k, usually concurrent. Yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah like fair enough. Yeah, Steam. pretty, which is pretty, pretty good for a ten year old game. Ten year old game, yeah, uh, yeah. So um, this, I know Arma was like really big on on PC. Did that? Did Arma ever make its way to consoles? It has no. now with Reforger. Okay, so the Reforger is the is like a tech demo for what Arma Four is going to be. Is the idea? Yeah, I think yeah. so. So okay, so, so it's like Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes kind of thing. I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about, but I'm not really familiar. Um, yeah, for Metal Gear Solid Five, when that was coming out, they started using a new engine uh, called the Fox Engine, and they made a sort of miniature game beforehand called Ground Zeroes, where they basically it was like a four-hour tech demo of what was what the engine was like. Um, and they released that to kind of like hype up the real game, which was coming out in a year. Sounds exactly right then. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a new engine. They have the Infusion engine. It's supposed to be a lot better optimized because the real Virtuality engine is definitely very much showing its age. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's that's our forger. Yeah, that'll be cool if that if that comes to to consoles. I'm sure the the uh, you know the the base will be even bigger. Um, you know, and also a lot of times like with things like this, um, if people really like it on uh, like people will get exposed to it through like consoles and stuff like they'll just jump over to the pc where the where the you know the modders are and stuff like that anyway mm-hmm. eventually if they're if they get into it enough um which is what happened to me with like the reason i i got a gaming pc and like because uh, i was using like i was like on i guess i was using a playstation 4 before like years ago um was because of like fallout mods like i was like so i was so into fallout that i was like i can't like I can't do this without the mods like this is wrong. And I, I like went through the whole thing of getting a gaming PC and just like basically have been like mostly PC person since then um, just to get into that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think that kind of thing can can happen. Um, so, yeah, let's um, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious about like what would you what would you say to people who have um, are, are kind of interested in what you said here today? Would you say that you should come in on arma 3 and like try the campaign first or is there a specific mod you might recommend for a beginner or something like that for me personally i would say if you're looking at coming in an arma um i'm pretty sure most people who'd be coming in an arma now wouldn't be coming in blind they would have seen something like uh jester 416's videos or something like that my my thought would be if you're trying to come in an arma find a unit first Right. Like find a, a group of people to play with first. Um, that's where I've had most of my memorable experiences. That's where mm-hmm. I've had most of my fun. It's what made me come back. And it's the things that I remember. Right. Um, is coming in and playing with a group of people having these big, you know, 30 to 60 person operations. OK. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what was I going to say? Um, geez. Uh, where where do people are there like i guess discord servers and stuff is like where people hang out for this kind of thing discord yeah. and speak and like youtube subreddits yeah. yeah okay mm. cool well um yeah I, i'm just curious if this is like something that you can do you feel like there's a high barrier of entry to get into this community or do you think mm. it's like kind of easy to slide in it's a bit of a high barrier um mm-hmm. It's hard to kind of find an initial group that kind of meshes with what you want, just because it's it's kind of a niche game and there's so much you can bring to it and get out of it. Yeah, it sounds but, like it's a very versatile kind of experience, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So like somebody coming in and just joining like a public <clears throat> server might have a hard time like figuring out how to play the game, whereas mm-hmm. somebody who like has a group of people like, oh, this is how the game is played. This is kind of what we do. will probably find it a lot more enjoyable. OK, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, and I mean, what do you, what are you hoping to see from Arma 4, I guess, that you haven't seen before? Uh, in a way, reinvigoration of the community. I'd like to see some new blood come back in. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a bunch of people from, uh, when Shock and I first met, or when Ian and I first met in, uh, SOF back in 2014, 2015, that now we're, like, interested in this stuff. And I would love to see, um love to see that community kind of roar back to life. Okay. So actually I had a thought about this because um, I don't think 
I think nobody has still done this yet except Bethesda, but like, do you think that they might be able to bring mods to consoles? It's doable. It's tricky, though, because I mean, there are definitely some mod studios in Arma that have been making mods since like the original, um, like Red Hammer and Community Upgrade and that kind of thing, who could probably do something with console. But um, it's tricky bringing mods to console unless you're Bethesda. Yeah, um, it's it's weird because they I think Bethesda like premiered that that feature like six years ago, and I still haven't seen a single single other studio attempt it like, but I mean, like. I don't know. PlayStation's also really resistant to it because it's when I say consoles, like the like Bethesda mods are really only on uh, Xbox. But like that that was because PlayStation like wasn't comfortable with people putting mods on their their console, so like they just didn't. And yeah, don't know. But anyway, I was I was just kind of curious if that's a if that's a thing that could be pushed because I know this is like sort of one of those really mod heavy kind of games, but. We'll uh we'll see. You know when is when is Reef, when is the um uh, Arma Four supposed to come out? Like next year or something? I don't think we have a, a confirmation yet. We just had like a teaser when they dropped our Forger, and uh, that's the last kind of we've heard. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess if they have like this ready, probably next year then would be the idea. But maybe sometime. maybe I'll Being definitely try it once it comes slow. out. Yeah, I mean, I'd be down for it. Um, yeah, just give me I'm, female models, and I'll be happy. Yeah, come on, come on. Um. So is Ar- I'm guessing Arma three being like ten years old is pretty cheap, right? On Steam, <laughs> usually uh, it goes on sale a lot. I think it's like forty dollars usually. Oh, it geez. is, but seven dollars yeah. and fifty cents right now. It's thirty dollars okay. coming okay. on sale. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Check it out. Um, cool. You want to play? Well, we can play anytime. Well, we could. Uh, I might. Yeah, I might get it. I I don't know that I can afford to like devote my brain space <laughs> to a game like this. <laughs> Um, I do kind of want to try it out at the very least, but I, I don't know if I could like do it regularly, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I don't know. Like I've, I've, I've been like unable to like play games that like need to take up much of my brain recently. I'm just like kind of chilling. Um, the wait. relaxing games. Yeah. Or I'm honestly been mostly playing like really like narrative driven sort of things. Like where I don't have to like do, I don't have to like actually do much. Just got to like hang out, you know? Mm-hmm. um but anyway so yeah let's uh i guess let's uh start to to wrap it up do either of you have anything else to you want to want to talk about or um i mean like i i'll talk about this a little bit um arma really helped kind of build my own self-confidence in myself um again ian and i mm-hmm. met back in 2014 uh the first unit that i joined um and i think it was I, I think it was 16 at the time and um, what had happened was I got into this community and initially it was you sit there and you just follow orders, you know, point and shoot. And at some point in time, someone trusts you enough, you end up getting people under you. And I w- became pretty, pretty effective at um, coordinating people. And what that kind of um, coalesced into was uh, the last uh, I-, I can attribute Arma for this because hey, it's, it's where I got my leadership experience. But my last job, I was working for the DOD as an engineering team lead. So, and managing my team, you know, there was very similar to how I would manage a team in Arma in some ways. And I, I think that's a really kind of cool way to build leadership skills and confidence. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, role playing is the way to do it. If you're, if that's basically what you're doing in the game is role playing by fulfilling those roles, it's definitely like a way to like learn how to develop those skills. So it's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I was cool. actually going to say something similar um, in, in that same group and in other sense. Um, we have uh, sort of built uh, some life skills out of just being with the community and then, you know, learning like managing logistics and game and like flying helicopters and of supplies and people around. And there's definitely uh, some life skills you can, you can glean from that. And one more thing to throw in there too. Um, I actually met my, my best friend in that same community and I've kept in touch with him since, yeah, 2014 up until now. And, you know, last uh, December is when both my friend and I ended up hopping jobs and now we're coworkers. That's awesome. And yeah, so I've, I've made some, uh, some lasting friendships off of this game as well. I love to hear about people, how people can connect through games or the internet or just like things like this in general. It's, it's great to like know how close you can become to somebody without really like ever meeting them, at least to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those stories. It's, it's crazy. I mean, like my, my version of that is a lot of my closest friends in the world are people that I didn't know in real life for like three or four years from my, my Dungeons and Dragons group, like that we met online. And then like, I mean, I've hung out with them in real life a bunch. I'm, I'm going in like three weeks uh, again to hang out with everybody. So yeah, like it's, I don't know. Anyway, like it's, yeah, that's awesome. I glad, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so yeah, the, uh, yeah, let's, I guess let's, uh, let's head on out of here. Um, so as we're closing, I want to say to everyone that, uh, anyone listening that we are hiring at game Lister for people. So, uh, there's some people that I am looking for, um, specifically and some, uh, we are also going to be like doing some, um, restructuring so we're going to be paying people more which is cool um yeah it turns out that like we're making more money so you can pay people more money so um the main things so i'm the av editor which i don't know if i like say that all the time but anyway but um things that i'm 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 looking for positions i am looking for people to do um video editing and um narration basically making video versions of our uh of game reviews that other um reviewers write on our site mm-hmm. to to videoify essentially the reviews um okay. i think that would be a cool thing to have um and then the other thing i'm looking for is somebody to be a like live streamer for us um we have got our uh, twitch affiliate application filled out because uh, they invited us which is nice that's nice yeah. Um, so uh, once we get that set up and get the, I guess, the monetization stuff set up, I would like to have somebody to stream two to three times a week consistently from the, the Twitch channel um, and uh, that be their job and get paid to do it for us. Like, you know, not rely on like ad money from Twitch like we pay you. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's a good I, I think it's a good job for somebody wanting to get into streaming um, who doesn't already have an established community um, and you can you know, if you're good at it, you'll pick up people on your own anyway. So we have some people built into. So anyway, yeah, those are things. And then we're also hiring for writers, though, like news features. Um, I don't think we're looking for reviewers right now because we've had like um, some reviewers like run off with game codes. So we have kind of <laughs> decided to sort of keep the reviews to people that have been working here for a bit. Um, but yeah, like news and and features and stuff like that, um, as well as um 
opinion pieces and things like that. Like if you want to do a fucking essay about why, you know, Mario made you love socialism, like that's we love that. Um, why Mario made you love socialism. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever it is, man. <laughs> the first thing you could come up with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pasta. <laughs> so pasta yeah. For uh, pasta for me. So yeah, I'm gonna um yeah. Anyway, um you can hit us up on on Twitter or if you go to gameluster.com, there's a little thing at the bottom for like join the team. So hit us up. We have money to give you for for in exchange for labor. <laughs> okay. So um let's see here. Uh yeah, you can find us, the Game Busters podcast, on Twitter at Gamebusters Pod. Um I'm on Twitter at Gondizi and Alyssa's at GoBallistic. Um so uh thank you to our, our guests. Um Ian, do you have anything that you're working on that you want to plug or shout out? Um, you can find me on Twitch at Shockwave996. I like to do streams. I like when people come hang out. Nice. Hey. Uh what kind do you play just like Arma, I guess, or other I, games? I, too? I do stream Arma, but other games too. Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. Okay. And uh Alexis, how about you? You working on anything? Right now, no. I'm in the process of moving. So okay. once I'm fully moved, maybe. Yeah, no problem. And Alyssa, you are still doing. Are you are you streaming still? Yeah, I actually have been stream. I've been trying to stream three days a week. It was hard before the con, but I think I'm going to get more consistent again. Uh, played Valorant last night. Played Pumble Party the night before. Trying to keep up with it. Nice. All right. Um, well, nowhere to find us. So yeah, let's uh, let's get out of here. Um, huh. How, I don't know because there's not really any characters in in or that we really. How what's a, what's a kind of a good last word for this one? That's what I'm uh, trying to. Man, three hundred meters front. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's the sort of kind of hard hitting dialogue you're gonna get in these games. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's good enough. Okay, thank you guys for joining us, and uh, yeah, we'll be back on a regular schedule now. So like, um, I think next week we are doing uh, the Last of Us. Uh, to talk about as like a sort of little celebration cool. for for Pride Month. Um, that was one of my first like narrative driven games, and I just it, I love it. So it's, so a good, it's a good video. It's a good video game. It's a good video game. All right. Okay. See you guys. Thank you. See you.